friends in the almost two years that I've hosted Chronically Cultivating, I feel like we've gotten to know each other pretty well. And you may know this about me, but I don't know that I've ever directly said it, but I do not like surprises. More specifically, I don't like surprises that are going to change the plans, okay? So for instance, the surprises that I love are flowers. I'm never going to say no to flowers. A surprise trip to the nursery to get more flowers. <laughs> um, I love getting cards or packages in the mail. And the one surprise party that I had thrown for me for my bridal shower, I did enjoy. But that was only because the people who planned it budgeted my energy for me and knew that it wasn't going to change something. Like, all my bridesmaids knew that I knew they were planning something. I just didn't know when. So it was kind of already an expectation. But I don't like surprises that change the plans. I am the kind of person that I do not ever want someone to just stop by unannounced. I like to have a plan. I like to have a set thing. If we have a plan of what we're doing for dinner, I would like to stick to said plan. If we have a plan over the weekend, I would like to stick to that plan. I just don't like surprises that alter the plans in a way that could negatively impact my energy. I work really hard to budget my energy and if I don't know about something that's gonna happen, that just takes up extra energy that I didn't account for. And it's not just the energy of doing whatever that plan or surprise holds, it's also do I have the mental energy? Am I worried about feeling like I wasn't emotionally prepared or my house wasn't physically prepared and I'm worrying about what people are going to think about how things look around the house or like any of those different things. It's just something where I am a planner, which I know you know about me. I don't like it when the plans change because those surprises are things that I didn't budget for, I didn't prepare for, and I feel very caught off guard and it stresses me out immensely. I know that I am a control freak about things and some of it I think is that there's so much in my life that I haven't been able to control. You know, with a chronic illness that I like to be prepared and be in control of what I can be in control of, but it's also, again, just something where I'm a planner. I don't like things to not be planned. It's as simple as that. And when we're looking at our life, right, for many of us, our lives don't look like what we thought they would. I mean, when I was in high school, I had my whole life planned out. And then when I started college, I had my whole life planned out. And as I got sicker and as this disease progressed, the less my life looked like what I thought it would. I have been surprised, thrown off guard, and struggled with the fact that we can't truly plan out our entire life because we don't know what's going to happen. But God does know. He's very aware. Nothing surprises him. And so today what I want to talk about is a revelation that came to me earlier on this year that has changed how I look at things. Now, I still don't like surprises, 
So that's not the outcome that you're going to hear from this podcast. But I want to talk about how the things that throw us off guard don't throw God off guard. And because he is omniscient, he knows all that's going to happen. And I want to just open this up and talk about how everything that we face, he had in mind when he made us. So let's talk about surprises and the things that we didn't see coming, but God did. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. In the first episode of this season, when I sat down with you and we were talking about the Power Sheets prep work for the year ahead for 2021, I told you that God revealed something huge to me in that prep work and that I wanted to really dig into it, but that I would share it with you eventually. Well, today is that day. So to give you a little bit of context, I was really procrastinating on starting my Power Sheets prep work. So if you don't know, to quickly summarize, Power Sheets is an intentional goal planner. I've been using it for four years. The PSP gals and I talk a ton about it on our episodes, and you can find all the details on what Power Sheets are at livingthechronicillnesslife.com slash goals. And there you'll be able to just dive in, but there it's an intentional goal planner. And one of the greatest parts is the prep work in the beginning. It really challenges you to look at yourself and be really honest and vulnerable so that you can really uncover what matters and how to incorporate that into your goal setting. So Every year I have like been itching to dive into my prep work when it came the time. And this past year, I just wasn't feeling that way. And I think I wasn't feeling that way because so much of my life had changed. Over 2020, I faced significant disease progression. It had nothing to do with COVID, but just everything to do with age, timing, and whatnot. And it was really, really hard. I struggled with it and didn't want to move forward because you see, normally I plan for there to be uncertainty in my year ahead and in my goals and in my power sheets, but I've transitioned to a state where every day is uncertain. I'm not just making room for, you know, the bad weeks and the bad flares and whatnot. I am living right now in a lot of overwhelming uncertainty. And I think that's kind of why I didn't want to look ahead because I didn't want to acknowledge that I am not just leaving room for progression and uncertainty. I'm living directly in it. So I finally was getting through my prep work and doing what I needed to do. And I got to page 14, which is the page called Get Ready to Break Free. And you have a box and you need to put in all the things that you've decided that you can't do. And then on the following page, you are given space to write out and imagine what the possibilities would be if you broke free from that box that you've put yourself in. It took me probably an 
hour on this page, just this page alone, because I just didn't know what to write. And I was brutally honest in my what I decided I could not do. I talked about that because of progression and just living with this disease, I fear that I am or will become a waste of space, too much of a burden, a friend who can only take but not give, and that I was just going to be an expensive, broken burden for other people. And I had trapped myself into thinking things like, one day everybody's going to leave because this is just going to be too hard. Feeling like I'm not able to achieve anything and I'm not able to do any of the things that I planned my whole life. And that was hard and messy. And when I went over to the who I really am section, I just stopped and stared at this page because I didn't know what to do. So instead of skipping it, instead of rushing and writing something down, I sat in it. I let my heart and my mind be still and I paused. I was praying, I was thinking, I was sitting on my own in silence trying to figure this out. And I decided to start by answering the first question that they give you as a prompt to just get me started, which was, if you were to break free from your identity box, how would you feel? And I wrote that I would feel lighter and confident. And then I get into the meat of it and I just start writing out everything that's coming into my mind. And I said, wow, this page is stumping me. The prep work has been so hard this year because I'm not just leaving room for progression and uncertainty. I'm living in it in a new way, a harsher way. But going through Cultivate Confidence, that's one of the Write the Word journals that I went through for the second half of 2020, has helped me remember that he equips who he called. And then this is the part that changed everything. I said, and he created me knowing that my body would be this sick. He made plans for me with this in mind. Whoa. When he made me, he knew that I was going to be this sick. Now you may say, Cassie, of course he does. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Well, I never thought of it that way, but he made me with this in mind. You see, my illness may stop me from doing what I felt like I was called to do with my life, but my illness is never going to stop me from doing what he has planned for me because in the plans and the calling that he has for me, he formed those plans with this illness in mind for this time. And all this time, I have thought about all the losses And I always felt like he was pulling the rug out from under me. But I think ultimately what I'm realizing is that those things that I had to let go of, like my sport in high school and my career in my early 20s and all the other losses in between, the things that I thought he had called me to do that I loved doing and that I was passionate about. I just always felt like the rug got pulled out from under me. But the thing is that I think the reason that those things failed was one, because it wasn't what God wanted me to do. But I think it's also bigger than that. He was protecting me. He knew the body that I have. He knew years and years and years ago that in my early 20s, everything was going to explode. He knew 
that when 2020 came around, I was going to face an even more severe progression than I could have imagined. He knew all of those things. So I think he didn't let me get too far into those things that I wanted to do and that I thought were supposed to be my entire life because I think he knew the disappointment would be even greater if he had let me keep going because he knew what was going to happen. Now, I didn't know this, but he did because he wasn't surprised. When I almost died back in 2014, he wasn't surprised. When I had to move to a wheelchair full-time, he wasn't surprised. When we had to close our business, he wasn't surprised. Are you seeing my theme here? Are you seeing what I'm getting at? He's not surprised by any of this. None of it. And I had completely forgotten that decline and progression in this illness surprised me, but not him. And when I was preparing in this prep work to move into 2021, he knew that I needed to go into this year not just making room for uncertainty, but understanding and acknowledging that I was living in it. And I think it's really easy to forget that nothing surprises God. You see, yes, we have free will, which means we can choose to follow him. We can choose to not. We can choose obedience or we cannot. There are so many choices, right, that we can make. But God knows exactly what we're going to do. Let's think of it like this. Your mom told you as a kid that you couldn't have any more cookies until after dinner. And then she leaves the kitchen to go do whatever. And you're still in the kitchen and you're sitting there in front of the counter. You can see the cookie jar and you know that you're not supposed to take another one, but you could disobey and take another one. Now, whatever you decide to do, your mom may be surprised. She may be surprised that you obeyed. She may be surprised that you didn't. But God knew what you were going to do. It's not like he was watching you sit in front of that cookie jar and he's going, oh, what is she going to do? Is she going to eat it and disobey? Or is she going to leave it alone and wait till after dinner? He's not sitting there watching us entertain, trying to figure out what we're going to do. He knows what we're going to do. Okay, so he's not surprised when life happens to us. He's not surprised when we don't do the right thing. He's not surprised when we do the right thing. He knows what we're going to do. In Psalm 139, 1 through 6, it says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I am going to do before I even say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And then if you continue on, we have the verse that you probably have heard many times, which is just about how wonderfully we're made. And the verse though that always really sticks out to me after it's talking about how, you know, he made us and he knit us together in our mother's rooms and he made us wonderfully made. It then says in verse 16, following that, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. 
And similarly, in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So the thing that we're seeing here is that he knew us when he made us. He set us apart. He knew who was going to choose him. And he appointed us before we were even born. He had a plan. He has a plan for all of us. And we don't get to know what that plan is fully, which is where we have to lean on him and trust him to show us where we need to be. And when he does show us, we need to be obedient to be there. But he knows, he knows that you're struggling financially, maybe. He knows that you are struggling with a family dispute. He knows that your marriage is struggling. He knows that your illness is going to get worse. He knows everything. In Matthew 10, verse 30, it says, And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. In Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, it says, Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. And then in Isaiah, it also says, and this verse just baffles my mind every time I read it. So Isaiah 40, 26 through 28, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after the other, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say that God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And that blows my mind because if he knows every single star by name, he is definitely going to know about your diagnosis and what that's going to hold. Nothing is going to surprise him. And I know there's the quote that I think everyone has heard. It's the very stereotypical quote about how if God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. But the thing is that we need to seek him and trust that he equips who he calls. And the verse that you typically hear in regards to this is in Jeremiah 29. And if we start in verse 10, it says, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your homeland. See here, God actually just let them know. He didn't even let them be surprised. He said, yep, this is what's going to happen. He told them. He told them what was going to happen. But notice in there that he says that when you're in that disaster, when things aren't going right, when everything is overwhelming and messy and heavy and broken, When you pray, I'm going to hear you. And when you search for me, you will find me. 
And this applies to us too. We are told that we are going to face trials of many kind. We are going to experience sickness and brokenness and so much hurt in this world. But he has told us that he will redeem everything. He will not waste a thing. In telling us that, he is letting us know that life is not going to go the way we plan. We are going to be thrown off guard. We are going to be surprised. But he is going to be with us every step of the way. But we still have to do the work. We still have to seek him and trust that he's going to do what he said. You see, I think about this in Mark 9. And it's the story, I'm pretty sure it's verses 14 through, I think, 29. And it just talks about Jesus healing this demon-possessed boy. And it starts by Jesus, you know, coming to the crowd and seeing that everyone was arguing. So Jesus, you know, asks what's going on, even though, again, he's God, he knows everything. He asks what's going on. And the parent of this boy says, well, I asked the disciples to cast out this evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus gets really upset um, because he's equipped the disciples to do this. He has called them to do this. He knows that they can do this in him. So he ends up talking to the father directly. And the father had basically said, if you can help us, if you could have mercy and help us, like, if you can. And Jesus is like, what do you mean if I can? Of course I can. And he says, anything is possible to the person who believes. And the father says, yes, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So as the crowd starts growing and everyone's watching this all play out, Jesus casts the demon out and for a minute, the boy appeared to be dead. And I don't know directly if it was a minute, but we know that some time passed. Um, I don't know how short or how long. And people started whispering in the crowd and just being like, the boy, I think he's dead. And Jesus all of a sudden took him by the hand and helped him up to his feet. But what happened after is what I really want to discuss. So after, when Jesus was alone with the disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that spirit? And Jesus says, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. So I think what's really important to remember here is that Jesus had instructed the disciples at this point to be able to cast out demons and to use his strength and his power and all of that to do what he called them to do, which was share the word of God and the good news, right? And just like the disciples were called to a job, we are called to a job as well. God has a calling for each one of us. And when he makes that clear to us, we have to trust that whatever he's called us to, he's going to equip us and make us capable to do. And when we aren't able to do, or we feel like we're not able to do what he's called us to do, we need to step back and seek him. We need to talk to him. We need to invite him into the situation where he's called us because sometimes it's really easy for us to get confident and think, wow, we're doing really good in this. This is awesome. I've got this. And we stop relying on him. And just like we were made with all the things we would go through in mind, we were also made to live in him and to rely on his strength. We have a dependence on him. We have a need for him. We cannot do what he has called us to do without him. We cannot live a life that we love without 
him, okay? So we have to make sure first that we haven't put ourselves above him in whatever our calling is. And then we need to give whatever that situation is over to him in prayer. And we have to trust that even if something appears to be dead or broken beyond repair, that our honest prayer and our true belief can change things. I'm not saying a belief as in we're just repeating it over to ourselves and we're manifesting everything. No, we're bringing it to the Lord and praying persistently over it, knowing that he can redeem anything. But you see, part of equipping us to do what he's called us to is by giving us assurance that when we do our best in what he has asked of us, that he will do the rest. So yes, if he brings us to it, he will bring us through it. But our obedience is going to change that timeline. If we are fighting him every step of the way, we're ignoring him, we don't want him in this situation, or we're not inviting him in, we're trying to do it ourselves, any of these different things, it's going to take us a lot longer to get through it. And it's going to be a lot harder. Now, maybe whatever God has brought you to, like me, it's a lifelong sentence. It's a disease that I'm going to have until I die and it's going to get worse. And he's going to bring me through it. But that doesn't necessarily mean for sure that he's going to bring me through it with a healing or he's going to bring me through it in a time span that's faster, but he's going to help me through it. Bringing us through something isn't just about overcoming it. It is about relying on him and allowing him to walk that with us. And we have to make sure that we are conscious about inviting him in. And knowing that he is not surprised by anything. And he wants to hear from us. He wants us to share our struggle because yes, he knows them, but he still wants to hear our hearts. And he wants us to ask for his help without questioning his ability or his authority. He promises us that our trust and belief in him will not be wasted. And this father's prayer when he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That should be our consistent prayer. And the only time that we should say, if you can to God, is when we're referring to him as our sovereign Lord and saying, Lord, I know that you can take away this illness. I know that you can redeem the financial situation. I know you can repair the relationships that have been broken within my family. But if you don't, I know that you will give me the strength I need to get through it. And I love when Jesus replies, he's saying the only way that you can do basically what he's called you to is through prayer. And that's true. Sometimes the only thing that is going to change our situation is prayer. And when we are rooted in his word and we are using discernment and truly relying on him, I know that for me, the surprises that I face in life are just a little bit easier to bear. And I'm not going to be prepared for everything. And I'm still going to ask people to not surprise me in a way that's going to change plans because that stresses me out. But I do know that the things that I can't control, like my health and the state of our worlds and big things that are completely out of my control, that are going to surprise me, that are going to disappoint me and overwhelm me, that's when I have to lean on him. And I have to say, Lord, I I don't know how to deal with this, but I'm going to trust that you will surround me with people who know my struggles, that care about my boundaries, and that he will get me through whatever comes my way, even when I'm caught off guard, because I know that he has equipped me to handle these surprises when I do my best 
and I let him do the rest. So the things that you're walking through right now, the things that are messy and broken and disappointing, he knew that those things were coming. And because we live in an imperfect world, we know that someday we're not going to have to be surprised and we're not going to be burdened and overwhelmed, but we're not on that side of heaven yet. Please remember when you look at a task and you say, I am too sick to do that, Lord. Why would you give me this opportunity? You know how sick I am. To remember that he made you with this in mind. When we ask him to clearly tend to our hearts and our dreams, he will do that. But tending sometimes doesn't just look like watering and seeing something flourish. It also means that it has to sometimes be pruned and that's going to be painful. It's not going to be easy. But we do know that he will walk with us through the whole thing when we invite him. And that when we seek him, that we will find him in our struggle. He promises us that. We have access to our God through prayer. We can constantly seek him, invite him in, and ask him to equip us for what he's called. Help us discern what things we should or shouldn't do. Am I given an opportunity that I am too sick for that I need to say no to out of obedience? Or is it something that God can work out and it will be his victory? On Chronically Cultivating, we love to give practical tips so that you can walk away from this conversation and put it into action. And I just want to encourage you to invite him in, to remember that he made you with this in mind. And the things that he's going to ask us to let go of that we want to do that he didn't create us for are probably going to hurt, but that he has so much goodness in store for us when we do what he's called us to. He will allow us to do everything that he planned for us to do because he knew the struggles and the limitations and the frustrations that we would face when the time comes to do whatever that thing is. So I want to end with this verse that encouraged me, and I hope that it will encourage you to remember that he made you with this in mind and that he has a plan and a purpose for you. So I want to go to Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I am confident that God has such good things planned for you, and he knows those things right in the middle of your struggle. Everything he made you for, he had those struggles in mind. Trust that he's going to get you there. Seek him because nothing he ever has us do will ever be wasted. And every victory that comes out of obedience is so sweet. He made you with this in mind. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.